Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Show here on Rome Business Radio. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios on Broad Street in downtown Rome. And we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I am Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. And I am Eric Collins with the Rome Floyd Chamber. And today we have Haley Smith of Barry College, uh, Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Hi, Haley. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Glad to be here. Um, thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, um, how are things at Barry? Things are going well at Barry. We we got hit by a little yeah. storm uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we've got some trees down. But um, but things are going really well. Um, we're having a great month, a great month of, of programming. A lot of great speakers that are on campus in the next couple of weeks, and uh, and our students are uh, just back from spring break. So uh, nice. so they you know they probably could be a, a little bit more smiley. Um, but uh, but no, they're uh, we're we're doing really well. Ah, spring break. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just brought back some memories. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's not go down that road. Um, so, okay, uh, director of diversity and inclusion. All right, that's a that's a trend that's happened here in the last few years. So, when when was this position created, and how long have you been there? Sure. So I've been at Barry for almost three years, um, and the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at Barry has actually existed less than a year. Um, <laughs> we had a uh, we had an office that was called uh, Student Diversity Initiatives um, for several years before before I was there. Um, but uh, you know, in, in in a lot of conversations uh, that a lot of organizations have, have been having, particularly over the last two or three years. Um, looking at diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging as an institutional commitment um, was, it, it was a, a deep priority to Barry. And so, um, so yeah, we've been moving forward that way. What were you doing before at Barry? So I actually came to Barry as a uh, scholarship director uh, for the Gate of Opportunity Scholarship um, in May of 2020, and, um, and then moved into the position of the director for student diversity initiatives and then um, moved into this new position over the last year. Okay, so tell me about your job. What, what yeah. we're, we're we're trying to diversify <laughs> and, sure. and create more. So, what like what do you do on a daily basis to help with this initiative? Well, so my job looks very different day to day. Sometimes okay. I'm I'm spending time uh, with students. Uh, a lot of times I'm spending time with staff and faculty, um, with Dr. Briggs administration. Um, uh, a lot of times I get to hang out with people like Eric. Uh, he was he was over uh, at my office the other day, um, and well, that's, that's, that's just a party. You, you know, yeah, it's it's a good day if I get to spend time with Eric or, or Pam. Um, but yeah, uh, so really, what that entails is um, when we when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and we add belonging to a part of, of of the way that we we think of things. What we're really talking about is good neighbor culture. How are we as a community at Barry College thinking about um, the dignity of others and all people? Um, and so uh, there's a programmatic element, certainly, of, of having events and, uh, and uh, courses um, and, and, and different things of that sort that address and talk about um, – uh, different cultures, yes, but then also just um, understanding uh, who we are and um, having a deeper understanding of who other people are and, and what their experiences are. But then there's also the policy and procedure piece of that, um, where that kind of uh, kind of goes into administration and some things with HR. Um, and, and so 
so yes, diversity is is um, is is a priority, um, but even even more so if if I am from a marginalized identity or if I am from a minority, um, feeling like I actually belong in this community, there's that's those are two different things. I can be invited to a party. Right. Um, but if I get to the party and uh, and, I, and I don't really feel like it's for me, um, then that's that's a different thing. And so what um, so, so it's much deeper than, um, you know, transactional checking boxes. Um, it is it is more more so of, yes, we need to have policies and procedures, but we also need to make sure that um, that as a culture, um, a campus culture and then how even we, we treat people outside of our campus that we are practicing good neighbor culture. Well, so, so that's interesting. It goes beyond, okay, here's our enrollment and mm-hmm. X, X percentage are white and X percentage are African-American. It goes beyond checking those boxes. It's about a feeling of community sure. and welcomeness and getting along. Sure. And, sure. and that's, that's, so like, are there specific things that you can tell us about that you do to help create this culture? Sure. So, um, well, the, the, the interesting part about my job is that I have to, uh, I am connected to every piece of, of campus in a lot of ways. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, you know, that's... so like when you mentioned enrollment, I mean, that's, uh, I work heavily with enrollment. We, we look at scholarships, um, our enrollment, um, our enrollment, uh, management team, um, which is led by, uh, uh, Vice President Andy Brissett, um, they look at things like are we are we being equitable in our practices and um, and how we are um, how we are making um, an opportunity for education available to all sorts of um, identities and all sorts of um, of students and and, and their experiences. Um, so. So I work heavily with them, and that may be through scholarship, that may be through looking at data, that may be looking at what um, what are some things that we need to consider as far as campus culture, um, because we can market, you know, we can we can uh, we can we can try to recruit as much as possible, and our marketing um, can can be really successful. But if they if 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 people don't feel when they get there uh, to to bury that this is home to them, um, then then that is that's a that's a challenge. So that's that's one thing that we do is work with enrollment. Um, we work a lot with uh, student affairs. I work uh, very um, <clears throat> very involved with student affairs. And the vice president there, uh, who's Lindsay Taylor, um, for student programming. Yes. Um, so student organizations, events, uh, trainings, different things like that, but also looking at things um, like bias response. If we have um, a bias incident uh, that's on campus, how do we restoratively um, move forward with that? Um, and um, and then we also work together in thinking about, about, about policies and procedures within the student affairs world. Um, I work with... Um, uh, academic affairs a lot. I work a lot with our provost, uh, who is our, we have an interim provost right now, Dr. Um, David Slade. Um, and we talk a lot about faculty development. Um, we talk about faculty resources because, because we have a growing number of faculty who are also from marginalized communities. And so what is, what is their experience? Then we also talk about things like, 
<clears throat> if we're going to educate our students, what are what are some resources that our faculty um, can be connected to um, in an effort to think about curriculum, in an effort to think about the classroom culture and climate? Um, so um, those are those are three. Those are three offices that I just named, and that's not even that's not even half of who I work with. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, a lot of work. You're, a lot of work. You're you're at the cross section of everything there. It it has to be. You know, yeah. if we're if we're looking at good neighbor culture, if we're looking at diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I mean, we 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 have a, a deep partnership with the King Center in Atlanta, and when we think about what Dr. King talked about and uh, human dignity and the practices of nonviolence, um, at the center of that. That was love. And Dr. King talked about love. Um, and he studied love. And um, and if we are looking at having a sustainable uh, strategy or a sustainable uh, culture that is embedded in love, then um, then it has to be threaded through every piece. Right. And so. So, yeah. So I am uh, I'm often um Often working with someone different every day, but uh, in, in a way that will be sustainable. Uh, Eric, what, what's the Chamber's relationship with, with Barry? Just yeah, and, and that's what we're it's in a constant process, if you will. And Haley, I will say this, Haley is a leader and pioneer um, in what she is doing, um, not only at Barry, but I would dare say even in our community. Um, and the chamber has recognized that, and 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 I personally lean on her for a lot um, of her expertise and how we can, you know, kind of partner and come together and utilize her expertise and her skill set and partner together um, with the chamber. And so we've got uh, some future things that we're going to be uh, partnering with Barry um, and also Haley with um, to help with our DEI efforts um, through the chamber as well, so well for some and, of our members. And, and uh, you, uh, this may be a little off subject, but you've been working on the minority-owned business initiative as well. How's that going? It's going, it's going really good. And, and Haley is actually involved in that as well. So um, she's helping me with that as well. And right now what we're doing is we're, we're kind of molding it yeah. um, so that we can make it fit um, for the needs and challenges that we have for our minority business owners in our community. What what is your background, Haley? You said you were from Rockmart. Yeah, well, I, I'm born here, uh, here in Rome. Um, most of my family is 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 from Rome, but uh, went to school in Rockmart. Grew up in Rockmart, um, and then graduated when shorter was shorter college. Uh, went to shorter college, um, and so what did uh, you study there? Uh, communication. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, communication, uh, and uh, I've always always been connected to community. My family. Um, I come from. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about Women's History Month. I come from um, some strong women um, <laughs> who have always been involved either in the Polk County uh, community or the Floyd County community, and um, and and so uh, honestly, like. Be- be- when I went to when I was at Shorter, I thought I was going to be in full time Christian ministry for a, a while, and I was. Um, I worked for before I was at Barry. I worked for uh, a Christian ministry. It was a, a large organization based out of Atlanta that focused on um, uh, strategies and resources for churches um, all over the world. And so we had about twenty thousand church partners, and my my job was focused on the rural the rural churches. Um, so about 6,000 churches that, uh, that I partnered with 
And um, what was interesting? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of rural churches down uh, in this part of the country. <laughs> there's 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 more rural yeah. churches than there is anything. Yeah, in, well, uh, welcome and, to the uh, Bible Belt. And in uh, um, the United States, we have more we have more rural churches than any other kind of church. Um, hmm. The attendance is different because of of you know the population and and those kind of things. But there are, there are a lot of rural churches across um, the country. Um, but one of the things we we found is you know in particularly in a rural context, if you look at some of these small towns and some of these small churches um, that, um, you know, that are in under-resourced areas, um, how are they going to impact their community? And so one of the things that we really talked about and worked with community leaders on was in order to impact the community, you must go to the community, right? You have to, um, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a, we, we go to you, Right. Rather than asking you to to come in. And so um, that is an that's interesting um, in a rural context, specifically for some of the communities that we that we were um, that we were partnering with, um, because there may be some challenges uh, specifically with um, with racial harm and historic harm like that within within some of those communities. And so I one of one of the first one of the first communities that I ever got to work in was um, was a small community in the southeast, who um, very small very small community, meaning smaller than um, smaller population than probably Cape Spring. It was a very small uh, community, and uh, a very very popular football player had grown up there, and um, uh, they had named the football stadium uh, the high school football stadium after him. But then when you went into the, the city hall, or you went into the town green where the city hall is, you have uh, an American flag, and uh, then right under it was a Confederate flag, and, and that was in the middle of their town green, which was interesting because uh, the population there was over 60% black. And, um, and so when we start, when we got there, we were, we were kind of looking at, okay, so how, how are we going to work with this community um this might be this might be a little bit challenging and it was and I I think we kind of went in I was in my my 20s at the time um we went in and um and thinking we're just gonna we're gonna be here for two weeks we're gonna tell these people how to have this really awesome student programming and then what you know then they'll they'll take it and we ended up being there for four years uh it was ended up being a, a multiple year project but what what I learned in that time was uh, conversations are critical. And so for the first year or two, it was just having conversations with leaders and the leader that was in my life at that time that was leading that initiative. That was a, a part of what he did and a part of what he encouraged me to do. Just listening to people and then getting people to have conversations with each other. Um, and um, and then all of a sudden you had um we had, I think, a, a little over 20 pastors that came together, um, white and black pastors from that community who, who had maybe gone to school together but never really did life with each other um, that started working together. And they created their own their own initiative um, that still stands today where they work together and have student programming, work with the schools. Um, and, um, and it's pretty impressive. Um, it's not a, it's not a competition, um, where in a lot of, a lot of places, uh, especially in rural context, um, you know, churches can be competitive with each other. But what I learned from that experience is that, um, understanding and conversation is critical and it has to be done 
in on the foundation of love. Um, so restorative processes are really important, especially in the conversations that we've been having in the last three years. We've had a lot of volatile conversations, right? It's been in the media, all these different things. And you're right. Um, there's been a, a deep um, prioritization of DEI work in organizations. But we've also seen that that's not always been sustainable, um, you have this. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to ask. Yeah, uh, you hear about some places yeah. it comes in, right. it goes, right. goes and away, and then it goes what's, away. Right. What's what's how does? Well, you know, <laughs> if if something has not been, if something is not a priority from the top, and it's not historically been a priority, you have to think if you, if you're starting a new department, um, or or starting a new role, like a, a chief diversity officer, where is the funding? You know, what what is the report structure? How is how are the initiatives threaded through the entire um, the entire organization or institution or whatever it is, um, and and that's a part of what Barry is 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 thinking about differently, is that it does have to be threaded through all all pieces of um, the college. So I have to have a, a direct relationship with the president. I need to have a a direct relationship with the rest of administration. And, and, and thankfully, I, I, I'm able to have that at Barry, but it has to be an institutional priority. And, and what we saw in 2020 was this reckoning, right, yeah. of um, we, we had BLM, we had COVID, and we had a very volatile um, election season that that year it was a lot it was a a lot that we were going through and and so you had so many organizations that were trying to figure out okay how do we do this never really done it before and um and and there 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 some for a lot of organizations there just wasn't an understanding for sustainability um you have to put one you have to put your money where your mouth is um but you have to prioritize these things these things as an institutional commitment and not just that this office or this department is going to be doing the work but they're going to be leading and working with others so that everybody is doing the work. So it's beyond just, okay, let's set up this department. Absolutely. And okay, go, yeah. do, go do your thing. Yeah. It's, uh, you got to have a long range vision, long range plan. Right. And that's what Barry is doing, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So is, are you the, are you the department? <laughs> you know, I am, I am, I am super grateful. I have, uh, I have three, uh, three staff, uh, folks that are in my department and I have a ton of student workers. Um, that's one wonderful thing about Barry is our student work program. And we, ha- we have some students who are really passionate about this work and, um, are um, and are looking at you know things like public policy and some of the things that they want to do when they when they graduate, um, and and so they're doing a lot of work. But I have a, a fantastic fantastic uh, professional staff that um, that work with me, and um, and then I'll tell you, I mean, like I said, it it, it has to be a community and top down um, uh, uh, priority. And what has been really wonderful at Barry, particularly in this last year, has been um, the uh, the authentic heart of other uh, leaders on campus saying, "What can we do? How can we partner?" Um, and and coming in with a, a level of humility um, in all aspects, um, humility in tell me what you need, but then also cultural humility. What do I need to learn? Um, that that's been a really positive thing for us this year. What's interesting is, um, okay, 
let's for the interesting thing about podcasts yeah. is we're on the internet and yeah. we could be listened to all over the world. Yeah. A lot of people haven't heard of Berry College. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what's what's the big broad hmm. Berry College sales pitch? Come to Rome, Georgia in northwest <laughs> Georgia. To the world's oh largest college, the world's largest college campus. It is the world's co- world's <laughs> largest college campus. Um, you know, there are so many wonderful things about Barry. I think, um, you know, I mentioned our student work program. Um, Barry Barry has a uh, a wonderful atmosphere and culture of mentorship, and um, and, and that really stems from who founded Barry. Uh, Martha Barry founded this this the school uh, many many years ago, over a, a century ago, and um, and you know she founded the school before she could even vote. You know, she wasn't even legally uh, able to vote when she when she uh, founded uh, the college, which is pretty interesting is nice, to me. Uh, that's a nice little note for women's history. Mind, yeah, exactly. Which, <laughs> women's history. Know a little bit more about Martha. Um, she was also um, she was also around really um, strong uh, strong leaders. Um, one of my favorite leader that one of my favorite leaders that she was around was a lady named Martha Freeman, um, and uh, that's a that's probably a, a a topic for another time. But she had she had a lot of uh, a lot of wonderful people in her life, um, and it, so it, I, I would say Barry Barry uh, m- when when Martha created the school, it was really about. Uh, giving an opportunity of education for those who did not have access to that. Um, and so um, now, so many years later, um, that spirit of uh, being a good neighbor, that spirit of um, uh, making opportunity available um, is still is, is still threaded in, in, in a lot of ways at Barry. Um, we have an incredible... Um, we, we have an incredible faculty. Our faculty is um, absolutely um, in, in, incredible. I'll I actually get to spend some time with them after I, I leave from here. Um, uh, so a, a very a very strong academic program. But uh, one of the things that's really what's really interesting is the work is the work program. We have about ninety eight percent of our students end up working at Barry at at some point during their um, during their time at Barry as a student as a student uh, worker or employee, um, and so. Um, so which is which is far different than any other that's, school. That's, that's completely a, different. Yeah. But but there's also a lot of um, emphasis on what those relationships look like. So uh, so oftentimes supervisors are the greatest mentors uh, that students have. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, uh, for me, I have uh, the the scholarship of the gate the, the gate of opportunity scholarship is still under uh, my department, and um, you know gates spend more time with their supervisors than they probably do um, with professors, and oh, and so uh, yeah, so a lot of a uh, lot of emphasis on, on treating each other well. Well, and and not to mention how gorgeous the campus is picturesque with historical things to the point that they come and make movies there they do <laughs> they do uh, and, and you have met a movie star or two have you not i have i have um i got to we're, we're I, way off topic but i like this story yeah i got to uh i got to meet tyler perry um nice. uh, some months ago and um and he was every bit as lovely and wonderful as um as I had, uh, as I had imagined. So, yeah. And, and uh, Kelsey Grammer, Dr. Fraser Crane, was recently on campus. He uh, was. He uh, was. I wasn't there that day, but I heard he was a really wonderful. Uh, <laughs> he was a really wonderful spirit as well. Yeah, you can you can find the pictures online of him. Yeah. Where he's apparently he's writing a book. I think his. I'm I'm getting way off topic here, but he had a younger sister who was murdered 50 years ago in Colorado, mm. but she had gone to Barry for a year. 
Yeah. And he is researching a book he wants to write about his sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he came to Barry. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, you know, I know we're way off topic now, but right. I did want to ask Eric from the Chamber's perspective, just talking about, you know, DEI in general, obviously a recent trend that has probably sprung from the 2020 year that you, the, the mm-hmm. turbulent year of 2020. Are you seeing that more in businesses around Rome or is it something that we're still working on or? Yeah, I think it's both. I think we're still working on it. It's a work in progress, but yeah. uh, it's also um, something that businesses are asking for as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just how to go about doing it. Um, and it might not be something they can dedicate a person to, but as long as they can be aware of it culturally. Right. 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 So do they reach out to you for help? Um, we have had people reach out for help. Um, and that's where we're leaning on the expertise of Haley as well. <laughs> um, because like I said, she's a leading pioneer in our community. Um, I would dare say even in this region. Yeah. Um, she has a lot of expertise in DE&I and um, she knows what she's talking about. And, and, I go to her and say, Hey, Haley, what do you think about this? Or she comes to me and say, Eric, have you thought about this? And this is what we should be doing. So we're like, like she's doing at Barry. She's helping us set up, um, sustainability, um, for our, our businesses and, and making sure that our community are being, we're being good neighbors as well. I, I love that she said good neighbors. And, and one of the things I wanted to ask Haley, she said conversations. Um, and I wanted to know, do you still utilize, is that the main aspect? Um, like when you transition from the rural um, churches over to Barry, it's almost like a similarity. Was, was, was that your main thing, having conversations? Yeah. I, well, yeah. So I will say um, there's a lot of similarity there. Um, I think conversations are, have been a critical part. Yeah. I think the other part that is is critical in this work is self-awareness. Yes. Um, and, and that's one thing, you know, you, you and I have had many, many conversations, um, but being aware of our own identities, what we're bringing, our own experiences and what we're bringing to the, the, the table. Um, you and I come from similar, uh, cuts of cloth and, right. uh, and similar communities, but we're also different and your experiences are different than mine and, 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 and vice versa. And so just being aware that yes. the, my experiences are are not uh that does what whatever i've experienced does not mean that that is everybody else's experience and so conversations being being self-aware and then going into conversations understanding um that when someone speaks uh, when someone shares something um just because their experience is uh, different than mine does not mean that it's not true Um, and, and so how, how am I, how am I being a good neighbor? How am I being thoughtful? Um, so, and I I think that's, it begins with me, you know, it begins with me in that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is true. We all come from different socioeconomic backgrounds and then, and then college is supposed to be, you know, you, it's a lot of people's first experience to the the real world outside of whatever home they grew up in of meeting different people. Sure. And um, so that can be daunting enough. And now I cannot imagine going off to college and feeling unwelcome, right. but this, this, this belonging that you have added mm-hmm. to DEI, where does that notion come from? Is that something you came up with? Oh no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I, I appreciate all the, the, the kind things. I'll tell you, there have been people, uh, there have been people who have been doing this work way longer than me, um, who have made massive impact and people there, there are so many unsung heroes that we will never, we will never know, um, who have 
even been a part of building who I am, um, you know, as, as a person. Um, the belonging piece um, is to, to me, it is a critical word. Um, and we, we talk at Barry about a culture of belonging and, and, and to me, um, that is that, that is that the priority that we have in DEI is not just checking boxes. We've talked a lot uh, in the last couple of years about cancel culture and um and i have i have a lot of uh, that's probably another podcast for another time but i have a lot of challenges with uh with cancel culture um and and one of the things that one of the things that i think that um we have to be very careful about is moving in a spirit of fear um and uh making uh making decisions or moving forward um in a spirit of not wanting to be canceled or um or just doing it because this someone else is is doing it this way in, in regards to DEI um to to me and, and I think I think that to Barry and it really kind of resonates with the spirit of Barry belonging um is a part of our personhood and when we think about who we are as people and who we are as humans um the word dignity is a critical word because the opposite of dignity is shame and to to not be able to feel fully dignified in who you are um in in the environment that you live in and the environment that you share with um your you know other students and um colleagues or or whatever um that is a heavy burden to carry um the weight of any kind of shame when you're not able to feel completely like you are able to, you're not able to live in, in dignity. And so, um, yeah, the belong, the belonging piece to me is, is one of the ultimate goals that, um, that every person and every experience, um, feels like, uh, not only are they embodied, but this is for them and, uh, and, and that they are more than a face, um, or more than a name there. Yeah, and so does that lend that like going back to the conversations, you have to have conversations with mm-hmm. students as well so they can have buy in and be a part of the process of I guess the planning, if you will. Right. Yeah. yeah students student staff and faculty. Um I think that's one of the things that I mean that's why we've changed our office at Barry. Um I can't I I can't change culture by myself. Right. Right. And that can't be a uh, I mean, Dr. Briggs is a, 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 a believe him to be a wonderful human and a very smart human. He's the president of our college. Um, he can do a lot of things to people or to systems or to uh, policies and procedures. But um, uh, and he can he can do a lot of things for. Um, but in sustainability, if this is going to be if this is going to be a priority um, that is sustainable, um, it must be done with. Um, that was another thing that Dr. King was really that that, that he was instrumental in, in, in showing. I mean, he um, a lot of people think that you know think about the Montgomery bus boycott. A lot of people think that Dr. Dr. King went there and 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 he started that movement. There were there were already people that were starting that movement. Um, there are already women um, in the WPC, um, the Women's Political Council, that were that were starting that movement well before he was there as a 25 year old pastor. That's when he went to Montgomery. He was 25 years old <laughs> to be a pastor, a senior pastor at a, at a church there. Um, but he worked with people. 
Um, he, he, he was in the movement with people and, um, and it was, it's incredibly impactful. And so, um, there's no way that we could ever, um, compare in that. Um, but what, what I, I do think in learning from the way that Dr. King moved, um, with people is that that's something that we need to do as well. Well, this has been fascinating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, any final thoughts as we kind of wrap up here, uh, Eric, contact information, how can people learn more? Or how can people connect with you at your job, Haley? Um, sure. Website, phone number, social media, what have you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would say, you know, we are, we are partnering with the chamber. Um, Eric is, um, he's one of, he's one of the greatest partners uh, that our office has. And, and so I would, I would say reach out to Eric. Um, if, if you uh, are at a, at a crossroad and you're trying to figure figure out um, what does DEI look like for uh, your business or your organization. Um, and, uh, and Eric and I are working together on, on uh, how Barry can best partner with the chamber and, um, and offer, offer some, um, some community engagement and, and, and resources. Um, but uh, I would say reach out to him in regards to that. But if you do have questions regarding DEI uh, B or diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging, um, or want to know more about what is happening at Barry College, you can um, visit uh, Barry, uh, B-E-R-R-Y, not B-A, B-E-R-R-Y, <laughs> like the, the fruit, uh, <laughs> dot edu, and, um, and go to our culture belonging page. Um, which will tell, will, which will talk a lot about what our initiatives are. That'll give you my contact information, and um, and I'll be glad to connect with you um, to to talk a little bit more about the importance of uh, good neighbor culture. Awesome, Eric? awesome, and, yeah, yeah. And, and for for the from the chamber, we have our minority business owners initiative on March twenty eighth. I think that's next week, actually. So, um, and it'll be at the chamber starting at five fifteen. We'll go for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, and I will say this as well that we have leadership Rome nominations open, um, and that will be ongoing until April third. So nominate someone. <laughs> <laughs> nominate someone. Okay. Well, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for being yes. here, Haley. Absolutely. This, Thank you. This has been great. You have been listening to the Rome Floyd Chamber podcast. We broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios in downtown Rome, Georgia, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I'm Roger Manus. Thanks for listening.